The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, and can be found on page 1553 of your Pew Bible. It is recorded that they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. On uh, the way this morning, David and I saw a real common uh, window sticker. Most people don't use bumper stickers anyways, anymore, so it's on the back of their window. You remember when all the craze was this, you know, the ichthys, you know, and all that, and um, there was kind of a, a story that went with that. I mean, in the Bible... Um, the, the image of fish and fish is used a lot, is it not? I mean, one was a big fish that swallowed a guy. We talked about that a little bit ago. The other was the feeding of, of thousands, 5,000. Um, there was a fish that even had a coin in its mouth. You remember all that? So, I mean, fish, 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 fish. And then there's this kind of this idea that um, in the first three centuries of the Christian church, the persecution was so bad that they said, somebody said, it's, it's they said, whoever they are, and that is that Christians could be standing around, you know, with their staff, and they could be talking, and one guy might make half a fish, and then if the other guy did the other half of the fish, you'd be going, oh, all right. It's kind of like a, a bumper sticker. If it wasn't, uh, if they didn't know what it meant, and there was no harm, no foul. So today, David and I are driving, and I see one of these. You guys seen this thing? And I always thought it was hecky. I'm like, what the heck is that, hecky? And so David and I are driving on uh, the 5 to switch over to the 405, and there's this part that's a big sweeping turn, and it's, you're at speed, and, or you should be, and you're going, making this kind of sloping uh, left turn, and I see hecky. I go, stay in your lane, hecky. You know, witness well. And, uh, oh, I love that sound. Oh, baby girl. 
I'll almost be done. Um, but stay in your lane, Hecky. And, and then Dave and I both started laughing. Do you guys know what this means? Raise your hand if you do. Don't shout it out. You know what? Okay, most people don't. So this may be new news to you. But this is not Hecky. I thought it was a backwards K, you know. And I thought it was, David thought it was like a glove company. And I thought maybe it was snowboarding or something. But it is he... And that is greater than, greater than, well, I did it backwards, didn't I? Ha, 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 math, it's hard. Well, that is new news. So it should be the other way. He is greater than I, hecky. So here's my point. There is new news out there all the time. Sometimes it's not new at all. For we know that we see this all over the place. And it may have some news that is attached to it that may or may not be true. Or we have this news that could be flat out false. And we could go, oh my gosh, that's new news. Well, the difference is, is that I don't speak that with authority. And the only time that I speak with authority, and I emphasize that today as your called and ordained servant of Christ. And by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. So when somebody's speaking from the pulpit or anywhere else, and you have a biblical view, look for the authority into it. Now the sermon. New. So what does it mean to be new? That may seem like kind of an inane, and after that presentation, a redundant, nebulous question. But it's not hard to figure out. We use the word all the time. And I think it's safe to say that we all have a pretty good grasp and understanding of what it means to be new. And yet... How often do we still misuse the word? Let's just think about how often you've heard something brand new to your ears that really wasn't new at all. Just because the message is new to us doesn't mean that it's a new message, right? And that's how I'm going to teach the gospel lesson this morning. Here is the scene of the gospel. Jesus is in the local synagogue. He's teaching and he's preaching. And even before the demon-possessed man tried to disrupt the worship service, we're told that the people were astonished by Jesus' teaching because he taught them with authority and not like the other teachers and preachers. And this was all brand new to the people. They had never heard such a message. They had never heard such a message proclaimed with such authority. How new and mysterious this worship experience was to them. And before we go any further, we need to clarify what this means. It does not mean that Jesus simply was brash 
or bold or loud or forceful. That would be power in action. That would be the, the strongest, the loudest voice commanding all the attention. And that's often what we witness today in our world. In our world, the loudest voice calls the shots, even if the loudest voice is in the minority and flat out wrong. The loudest voice wins. And that's not what this text means when it says that Jesus taught with authority. Authority is different from power. You know, any child may have the power to change their grades. Back when I was little, there were some that would put an extra leg on the F to make it an A. And today, there's kids that can change their grades with a computer, but it does not mean they have the authority to do so. When Jesus taught with authority, he was teaching, this is the word of the Lord. And you see, the, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, they did not teach that way. They taught in matters of opinion and of conjecture. They were more concerned about what different rabbis and their commentaries had to say than what God had to say. And a typical sermon in those days might sound something like this. Well, Rabbi Smith said this about this portion of Scripture, as did Rabbi Jones. However, Rabbi Whitney, on the other hand, wrote this commentary. Let us consult yet another commentary to see what the other rabbi's commentary had to say about these differing commentary opinions. Honestly, would you get anything out of such a teaching? That's not authoritative. Not in the least bit. It is not authoritative teaching. It's simply reading over a number of different opinions. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's to say? This is what set Christ's teaching apart from everyone else's. This is the word of God. You can almost hear the people say, I've never heard that before. And I'll be honest with you. That's one of the greatest compliments. I've never heard that before. That's the greatest compliment that you can pay to a pastor. I love to hear it. I especially love to hear it from lifelong cradle-to-grave Lutherans who are not too proud to admit that they've never heard certain things before. I love to hear it. Not because I taught you something radically new, but because it means that God is doing exactly what he promised. That is, he is creating and sustaining faith through the hearing of his word. I love to hear this because it means that you actually heard the authoritative teaching of the Word of God Himself. A Word which is so often stifled nowadays in favor of differing opinions and feelings and emotions 
and agendas. And that brings us to the, to the crux, to the, to the point that I want to make today. This is God's Word. What you see and hear and receive today all comes to you by the command. And you heard that. And with the authority of Christ Jesus himself. So just so you know, there is nothing new here today. And just because you may not have heard it before doesn't mean that it's brand new. It's not brand new. Maybe you were never taught it. Maybe you never listened. The teaching, the doctrine of repentance and the salvation by faith alone and God's grace alone because of Christ Jesus alone is not new. In fact, this authoritative law and gospel message of the word is eternal. It's just brand new to our sinful ears. So did you hear that? Take notice what the people say in today's gospel after Jesus heals the demon-possessed man. They said, a new teaching with authority. Did you catch that? A new teaching with authority. It's not a new teacher, but a new teaching. The divine healing authority wasn't in the messenger, but in the message. And at first glance, we see Jesus. And you could think this. You could think, well, of course, the demons responded to Jesus. He is Almighty God. You could think uh, that, you know, of course, he's there. They see him. They recognize him. They left. But guess what? This sort of thinking has a really, really tragic and sad way of working itself in today's ministry. The idea of that was then, that was with Jesus in the flesh. Today is different. Jesus isn't here. What makes you right and me wrong? What gives you the right to say so over me? That's the sad, slippery slope that some find themselves in. And in a word, an answer, authority. Not my authority, but Christ's authority. And I, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, Jesus, in his stead and by his command and authority, forgive you all of your sins. You know, you know that I don't have the power to forgive sin. That's why I say I declare. I don't have the power to make atonement for sin. Your sin, my sin, a single sin, let alone an eternity's worth of sin. Only Christ has this power. Power which he displayed on this cross when he proclaimed with all authority. He said, it is finished. My dear family in Christ, it is Christ's authority the authority of the Word of God Himself made flesh. It's that authority that confronts you and me in our sin. 
And it calls us to repentance. And it proclaims the joy and peace of complete forgiveness to you. Scripture says, those who hear you hear me and hear the one who sent me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Authority which I now bestow upon you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my authoritative name. That is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Notice, we are not called to teach anything other than what Christ has commanded and taught not here to teach you about making a fish with my staff. We're here to teach what God's Word said when we read the words to David. Repent. You are that man. You are in sin. What you are doing is sinful in the eyes of the Lord. And that's not my opinion. That's God's authoritative word. Here's more of God's authoritative word. Baptism now saves you. 1 Peter 3.21 That is Christ's authoritative word. Christ's authoritative word. This is my body. This is my blood. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. That's not my opinion or my take on a particular message or passage. That is Christ's authoritative word and promise. So we let the word do the talking. We let the word do the work. It is this word and this word alone that has the authority to bring about repentance and salvation it is this word, this doctrine, this teaching that has the authority to kill the old Adam and to make alive the new who is resurrected in Christ. God keeps his promises. His word does not return to him void and empty. It accomplishes what he purposes. So you just look around you today. Look around at all the reasons to give thanks. We haven't really done anything radically new here. Here at RLC, we simply let God work through word. Through word in a sacrament ministry. That's it. There are no programs. There are no gimmicks. There are no smoke and mirrors, laser light shows, bounce houses or games or coffee shop goodies, rock bands, and for a little while, no choir. Those things may have the power to make disciples, but disciples of what? Those things don't have the authority to make 
faithful disciples of Christ. Only his means of grace, his word, and his sacraments have that sort of authority. And ironically, shunning the popular models of ministry and simply letting God work does seem radical and new to most people. Just like it was for those folks that were gathered in the synagogue listening to Jesus. But it is not new. Not at all. It's just a new world that has been blinded and corrupted by the power of sin. Dearly beloved family in Christ, my prayer for you is that this life-giving, life-saving word of Christ, this word and teaching that alone has the authority to kill and to make alive eternally has authority over you and all that you say and all that you think and all that you do. This teaching, this word made flesh, does great and mighty things. Just look. Look all that he's done for us already. Just look at all that he's done and is about to do for us. His own body and blood in just a few minutes. May your eyes and your ears of faith be opened anew so that you too can behold the joy of Christ in your midst. Not doing anything new or anything different from what he's always done that is making us new and alive and complete in him through his life-giving his life-changing word and sacraments. It is in his name and by his authority, in the name of Jesus, amen.